0: Welcome to What She Said Podcast with Sinead Hall. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I know why you're here, though. You're coming here because you want to laugh. I don't blame you. Our guest this week is downright funny as hell. You may have seen him in movies. You may have seen him in stand-up. You may have seen him on social media. But either way, if you've seen him, laughing. So I want to bring in my co host first. Mom, say what's up. Oh, my
1: goodness. Hello. I'm so excited. (laughs) I can't wait to see this this dude.
0: (laughs) We got my other girl, Shy, is a co-host with us this week. What's up, Shy? What's going on? Well, let's bring in the star of this show. It's Afian, right? Oh. That's how you pronounce it?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. You guys eating (laughs) booty eating hours? You made it through?
2: Hey, man. (laughs) That's my business, (laughs) Shanae. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what I did <laughs> in the last couple of hours is, is none of your business, you know?
0: Well, the only reason I brought it up is because when we were trying to schedule it, you said you had booty eating hours. You wasn't sure if I was going to be, you know, interrupting those. Well, we try to coordinate around those
2: hours. Booty ate last week on <laughs> Daniel show. Uh, that's why I brought that up. Because I knew it was, it was a topic that you'd be familiar with. Huh?
0: Oh, you dead-ass wrong for that. Oh, you dead-ass wrong. I'm going to fix my earrings. I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm going to fix my earrings on that one.
2: I'm actually not <laughs> wrong. Uh, there's footage. <laughs> if I'm correct, uh, toes and booty. Uh, <laughs> talking, about all, talking about all she do is cook. Man, if you don't get your ass out of here. Oh! I, oh! I, I thought look. that
0: was a
2: good a important
0: thing. Cooking is Cooking great.
2: Is good. Cooking is great. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I love cooking cooking is great for sure okay but you know
1: (laughs) what that can't be the only thing she brings to the table
2: no mama Rhonda, you can't be a one-sided booty eater all the cooking that's the equivalent of the man taking care of all the bills
1: when we Uh, talk about the
2: bedroom there has to be a reciprocity it's cyclical if you will hmm
3: Mm. Okay. You,
2: oh, he's using the hmm. big words. Don't don't play with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cyclical. Hold on. Let me pull up the Webster. What is <laughs> some, <laughs> reciprocity?
2: <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> don't play with me today.
0: Let's get into it then.
2: Uh, so before, before we start, I'm assuming that uh, your, your mama. Uh, I can cuss in front of your mama. Yeah, we yeah. Already yeah. Yeah. My daughter.
1: My daughter is Shanae Hall. If I you know, know who your daughter is. is. <laughs> I know. She, she yes,
0: I've heard every cuss word uh, out there. Wait, you,
2: you, you probably where she learned it from. So <laughs> there you go.
0: she worked in a prison. So don't let that little light skinnedness over there fool you.
1: And yeah, so you yeah, I've heard every word. I worked in a prison that. for fifteen years, so yeah,
2: I've I've heard them all. Oh yeah, my sister worked in a prison too. But anyway, oh, let's okay. go. Yeah.
0: No, no. So uh, since we're on the conversation of <laughs> sex, what is it that you consider great sex?
2: passionate sex when you have a connection with somebody and you're able to just let go you know you you shouldn't i mean we all have had sex just sometimes out of boredom or whatever right but typically what great sex is to me is when you're you're not entering thinking about it and withholding, well, he didn't, he didn't take out the trash, so I ain't gonna do all, you know, we can feel that tension in your body, we can feel it in your mind, we can, we know, and y'all know us, y'all know when we thinking, and and our minds are somewhere else, so I think great sex is when both people are uh, fully just uninhibited and passionate, and both people have the mindset to please the other. I like that. Selfishly. I like that. Does it always have
1: to be, does oral sex always have to be a part of it?
2: I think, again, I think it's it's whatever's flowing in the moment. It doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be a part of it because I've had great sex without it because we just can't wait to get to it. You know what I mean? When it's when it's passionate like that, it's like you don't always need to dictate a formula or a, mm-hmm. a table of contents. It's whatever the mood is.
1: Mm.
2: Your, look, your mom rubbing the back of her neck like, mm, I like that. And I'm. She's I'm, I'm, I'm am I perspiring? She like. Am I
0: perspiring a little?
1: Yeah, you are. I saw that that neck move. You like. Skin, <laughs> it's getting hot up in here. You that's know when it was on a drought, she just started recalculating different. It hit different. It's been a minute, so so okay. I'm just processing.
0: I saw.
2: Y'all didn't know who y'all invited on the show today. Y'all didn't know. <laughs> so
0: we we're like, oh. we know it's gonna come <laughs> out like this. <laughs>
2: Hey, I like don't normally
0: you. say this for the end. This normally end. We like shit. This threw us off. <laughs> this is a question. <laughs> on.
2: Look, shy ain't said shit. Look, look
0: shy.
3: hey, I, I was just taking it in. I, Pause.
0: I mean, I actually agree. I agree. Do you think? What do you think about the ninety day rule? The whole Steve Harvey, you know, in order to really for a man to appreciate you as a woman, you need to wait ninety days.
2: No, I don't think rules matter when it comes to love and finding your person. I think coming to the table with honesty matters because you can have sex with somebody you just met yesterday. And if the if the communication is open and the energy is flowing and, and not full of baggage, you can live a lifetime with somebody you met yesterday. Case in point, the movie, The Notebook, right? One of my favorite love movies. Mine too. They didn't know each other that well, mm-hmm. He shot his shot. He shot his shot on the sidewalk, saw her at the the, the amusement park at the fair, Mm -hmm. got on the the Ferris wheel, hung. (laughs) It was like, yo, will you go on a date? He didn't even give a fuck that she was sitting next to a dude that she was on a date with. He (laughs) shot his shot.
0: So how did you come up with Devin? Samuels, like was that just watching him and you thought, oh, this dude is funny as hell, or do you actually disagree with everything that he says or agree with everything he says and you wanted to kind of engulf in that character?
2: Nah honestly, uh I I never watched uh Kevin Samuels at length. I um I just saw a few clips and people would send me certain things, and just off of his mannerisms of <laughs> just seeing seeming like he don't re- really want to have the conversation uh rolling his eyes and getting frustrated. Um that made it funny to me. Um but to be honest, some of the stuff that he says I agree with. I just think he has a way of delivering it and it comes off as, you know, it comes off as bashing black women, it comes off as whatever, you know, this people have their different interpretations. And then again, I didn't watch him at length. So I don't know what other stuff he has said to, to different people. But the, the few things that I've seen, I didn't disagree with. What um,
0: did you disagree with?
2: The angle of, you know, and for, for whatever reason, most of the clips that I've seen there, it's women who are trying to come on to his platform and prove to him that they are right in how they're speaking, dating or whatever. And he's just trying to tell them, look, if you, most of them say they want a rich dude, Right. And he's like, all right, what do you bring to the table? And they sit up here twiddling their thumbs and they don't bring nothing to the table. He's like, you're being unrealistic. And since you're being unrealistic, let me ask you a realistic question. How tall are you? How much do you weigh? The kind of man that you are looking for normally looks for a perfect trophy type of woman. You don't fit that profile. So if you're not exponentially making his life better with cooking all the food, you uh, know, or whatever, you know, bringing, bringing life to the table, making his life easier. What else do you bring? Are you that trophy looking woman that a high value man typically tends to go for? So when I hear him saying that, it's like, well, he's not wrong. Look at the NBA. They always have the same type of. there's a, there's an access to a certain type of woman that we have. And if you're not pulling up, changing our world, what do you bring to the table? So those conversations are the things that I'll listen to and say, okay, well, he's not, he's not wrong for trying to get this woman to be realistic, but It's also not a generalization that you can make because every man is not always looking for the same thing, high value or not.
0: Because I mean, I'm sure that you know a lot of men, you know, that do have, that make a lot of money that are high valued men, but their wives are regular. Their wives are somebody that they met in college. Their wives are the wife that they thought would be the best person for the job. Long term. Now, yeah, you give the examples of these NBA players who are normally younger, but um, Game even made a, a comment on his Twitter Twitter account. And he said, "I'm tired of what the social media bad bitch is. I'm looking for somebody that has a good heart. Fuck the physical, like you know." And I'm sure, I'm sure he's ex- being extreme with that, but. The concept is, okay, so yeah, bad bitch, bad bitch, but then, and and she may fuck the shit out you in the bedroom, but like you said earlier, then what else? What are we talking about? What is your, have you traveled? Are you versed in the conversation beyond sex and sports? Can you talk about politics? Can you talk about, like, do those, none of those things matter when men are high-value men are choosing a, a potential partner?
2: A hundred percent. I I am at the place now where game is, Um of course, I want to be attracted to you, but I'm not looking for boss bitch, bad bitch, none of that shit. I, I don't I don't give a fuck about that. I don't want um, I don't I typically don't want a woman that's that's so invested in her career that it's it takes away from what we're trying to build. Like my career is plentiful. Uh, it's busy enough that I just want I want a best friend. I want a best friend. We can go get ice cream together. We can pick up, grab, pack our bags just take off to wherever we want to take off to whenever we want. Um, I'm not looking for that power couple shit because, because of social media, I think a lot of women have taken, have taken that image and that concept a little too far to the left. And I don't know. It just, it, it feels like, you know, sometimes when we get into these relationships and really they almost live like it's they're they're single so you get into a relationship and still want to just focus all on you 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 and you're like well you're my partner you should just understand that this is my career this is my goal it's like no but what are we building like i understand you got that i understand i have this but if i'm taking time for you where's the the reciprocity um so for me i'm definitely looking for simpler less complex uh relationship. Do you care what the woman does for a living? Yeah, I do. Because I'm not gonna sign up for something that I know is not gonna work for me. If typically, if you're an artist, I'm not gonna want to sit around at the crib while you in the studio late at night with all these producers and all that shit. No, (laughs) I'm not, that's not for me. And I'm not knocking that. It's just not for me. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to be up all night watching movies and eating cookies. <laughs> so if, if my lady is in the studio, like you know kudos to her, but that that doesn't work for me.
0: What are your top three requirements that you are looking for, and being in l a you have the pick of the litter, you know what I'm saying? it's the most beautiful, the tall, the model, the leanest, the whatever you have access to everything. So what is your top three things that you're looking for, and then why are you single when you have access to everything?
2: uh peace? Okay. It's top for me, uh, and that's very hard to find in, in in a lot of women. Peace, substance, someone who doesn't have to rely on that beauty or who wasn't trained to rely on, use what you got to get what you want. And loyalty, and under the loyalty umbrella is honesty and faithfulness and all that stuff. But that's the for me, that's the top three.
1: Is that hard to come by in L.A.
2: or anywhere for I men? Would, yeah. Yeah. Y'all have the y'all have those same issues? Well, here's here's why, mom. Um I I actually blame the era that we're in, the social media era. I'll talk about this on stage. Um we are all, and I'm not just putting this on women, right? We are all bred to self-promote and right. to build your brand and to take selfies and do selfie videos and how do you grow your audience and how do you engage more with your audience? Everyone is trained to feel like they are a studio. They are a brand. Everybody's not a brand. Some people are just people, but we are programmed through social media to build multiple. You got to have a TikTok. You got to have Instagram. You got to have Facebook. You got to have Triller. You got to be on all these fucking platforms promoting yourself. It's self, 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 self. So we're all borderline um narcissistic uh-huh. in our dating approach mm-hmm. not saying that everyone's narcissistic i'm just saying we're we're in a narcissistic society and culture yeah. so yeah. <clears throat> it's really hard to find women who are beautiful and have not been hit on all of their lives have not known when to turn on that smile and that charm to get past the security guard or to to you know for the TSA dude to go a little easier on them. Y'all know all of y'all on here have used that at some point, your charm and your, you know what I'm saying? Sinead, don't you, don't you turn your fucking face up? You know you <laughs> use your shit. And you got a little mole right here. So you be using that shit to hypnotize nigga.
0: <laughs> why you doing your head like that? <laughs>
2: Cause you the only one that made a face, nigga.
1: And, and, why so and your mama you, was why-
2: sitting there just listening pleasantly, your ass was like <laughs>
0: <laughs> point. i'm agreeing with you i'm agreeing with you
2: that's all uh, that was well,
0: agreement.
2: can you use an agree face oh, okay there, there you go there you go um so yeah all that to say it, it it is tough to find um women who have substance who don't rely on their beauty to get what they need and then Women who aren't looking at me as an opportunity—I've—I've mm. uh, I've had that happen a few times, and it's like—I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. We all should look for a mate that has something that we need to to build our lives. But when that when it stops there, then that's the problem. If you don't bring anything else into the, the relationship or into the equation, then what are we doing it for?
3: You bring those top three things, also. Like, are those the type? of things that the qualities that you put out there.
2: A hundred percent. Do you
0: bring peace?
2: A hundred percent. Are you monogamous? That's that's my personality. Am I what? The
0: monogamous type.
2: Oh yeah. I'm I'm the hopeful romantic. Like I was a cheater in one relationship. I, I was I was regretfully that guy. And from that experience, from hurting somebody that I really did care about, I was like, I'm not that's doing that shit no more. I'm going to be with the woman that I really want to be with. And if I don't want to be with her, I'm going to be single and do what I need to do. That was a determination I made with, with myself. That's mm-hmm. not to prove anything to anybody. But yeah, from mm-hmm. that point on, I, I was not, not a cheater, but, but I, I definitely, definitely dealt, dealt with some other issues other in relationships. Relationship, toxicity that, you know, I had to unearth my own shit and, through therapy to realize what I was bringing to the the, the table <clears throat> that wasn't peaceful to to Shy's point and question, um, but my at my core, like if you're around me for any uh, given amount of time, I'm I'm a very zen, quiet, peaceful guy. Comedy is my mask. I'm actually shy originally because what? i was a military brat. I grew up around the world. I was always a new student in a different school in foreign lands or, you know, locally too. In North Carolina, you go to a new school and everybody's, you know, from the hood and they looking at you like, who this little new light-skinned nigga? And and I used to get bullied and all of that. And so it created a shell. And then comedy was the way that I was able to break the ice and disarm people. And I, I use that like a tool, more so.
0: So when you say you're dating actively, what does that mean? My mom might says, you got to stop cutting niggas up. She don't say niggas, but stop cutting n- dudes off at the knees. And I'm like, well, mom, after a date or two, I can see where this is going. So I'm asking you dating and you see a red flag or something that throws you off. How long do you continue to go and work through or see if you can get past that red flag? Or do you?
2: Well, that, that's been my issue in the past, which is seeing red flags and that triggering insecurity in me that I carry and have am healing from, that insecurity says, oh, I need to try to fix that red flag because that makes me feel a little more important and needed. Mm. And... You keep going, I used to keep going forward through the red flags, whereas now I'm like you, it's a lot of knees getting cut around this motherfucker, like <laughs> machete style. um I'm very intentional now with my day.
1: meaning you're looking for uh your long term your wife, your long- term partner?
2: a thousand percent. and if you know uh like Shanae said, if you know somebody that just doesn't fit your program and your profile, you have every right to just not date them anymore. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just, it just means we want two different things. So why why stick around and entertain something that's not going, in, it's not in alignment with your intention. Mm-hmm.
0: What are some you, of your red flags? What are what? Some of your red flags.
2: Um, I mean, you know, when, when, when peace is my top... Requirements. So when you see somebody that just kind of is argumentative and de- want to debate everything, you know what I'm saying? That's just like, I right, like, I. Right, what are we, why are we doing this? Why are we having this conversation right now? I'm just saying because I just need to know how you think about something, like how you feel about politics and, whoa. <laughs> I don't even know your middle name, like, just. I don't know your middle name. <laughs> relax, like, what the fuck are we talking about?
0: Okay, okay, so,
2: uh, so being argumentative, what, what else? else? Um, you know, I mean, a red loyal. flag,
0: as in like she approached you and she said, my credit score sucks. Is that a red flag? If she says, I'm in between jobs right now. Is that a red flag? Like, what are red flags where you say, I got three baby daddies. I don't know. Like, what are your red flags where you say this would make yeah, me? Yeah, it's,
2: it's awesome. case by case basis. I mean, three baby daddies for me is obvious. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not dealing with <laughs> three <laughs> other dudes while dealing with you. You know, unless they unless they died, so you know what I mean? Like they not- Unless they died? Yeah, they are active. You got three baby daddies, they are active <laughs> in your life because you still got the kids. So nah, that doesn't work for me. Um, so anything that doesn't work for me is, uh, is a red flag.
0: How did you get into, um, like, how did you transition from being a military brat into acting and you know, the level of success that you've accomplished up until this point?
2: Uh honestly, God, yo. God, God gave me the vision to understand that, um, that I was meant to be in multiple. He used to give me this vision when I was five years old, and I didn't realize what it was um, until I got older and into the industry. But he used to show me this vision, and I always had this awareness that people all over the world would know me. At the time, I would, it would be a vision of the United States in the evening or at night, like from space, right? And you see all the lights on in different homes. I would always see this vision and hear the voice saying, you're going to be known or just feel that I'll be known in multiple, in all these homes that these lights are on. Mm-hmm. And it was just this feeling I would always have from the time I was five years old. And it wasn't until I got into the industry later on that I look back on that moment, kind of like the sixth sense when you like, Oh, snap. Like you realize what had been happening all along. Right. I feel feel like I was destined to do what I'm doing. And so that's that's kind of what gave me the, the confidence to pursue it.
0: Oh, wow. So that was your kind of vision board, if you would?
2: No, that was the vision that I would have in my head and in my soul. I would always envision that and just have the knowing that all those lights that were on People knew me there. I didn't know what that meant. It was just a feeling that I had. So I just feel like my journey, he never let me get comfortable in like my dad, rest in peace. He, he always wanted me to find the safe route. He's an army guy. So he was like, you know, have a plan B and and go into the Air Force. Maybe uh, it's, it's, uh, you can get six figures when you graduate from school Safety, security, benefits—he was drilling that, and I was like, "Nah, that ain't me." And he was like, "You got a business degree, going to corporate America? Then, like, you know, you—you, you, it's a safe job. It's a, it's a, it's a great plan." And I understood what he was trying to say, but I was like, "Nah, that ain't—I don't—it doesn't fit me." And so I had to take that that moment. And um, he was like, "Why would you not give yourself a plan B?" And I said, "Well, why give myself a plan B and tell myself that I'm not good enough for plan A? Mm-hmm. Why not pour?" all of my Ooh. energy into plan A and make that work. Excellent. And he gave me all of the rebuttals. And he was like, well, you you don't know anybody in Hollywood and you don't, you've never been out there and you know how hard it is. And I was like, yeah, but Denzel Washington comes from a father just like you. And he has a home and a family. Why, why is he better than me? Right. He's not,
1: right. He's, just a,
2: he's just a man. Like I can do what he's doing and other people are doing. Will Smith and all these people, so. I just believed it, and I never settled. I just always was like, all right, it's time to move.
3: Identifying the type of women that you're even interested in because of the fact that those aren't your standard women right now
2: that you're getting. Well, it's not a, It's not an act of desperation. Like, I'm not out just...
3: <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
2: Looking, right. No, no,
3: and, and so, right, but so you're, are you doing it more, like, organically?
2: Of course. You know, sometimes friends will okay. introduce me to people that they feel like I'm suitable for, or whatever um, that we may match. Um, sometimes it can happen at the grocery store, or the department store. Or, you know, I've met women like that before. Um, but we date what we're familiar with. We date what's what's around us. So because I'm in the industry, fortunately, unfortunately, that's those are the women that I I, I tend to be around and get acquainted with the most. But I can't judge them. So I have to get to know them Mm -hmm. to see what kind of character they have and, and what they're about. And then, you know, that's kind of it. But at the end of the day, as difficult as dating has been, like I said, I'm a hopeful romantic. And I believe that God has the person for me. And I have to just stay in that peaceful zone, because if you're not in that place, you'll rush into something and you'll try to make it fit in your mind. And I've done that a thousand times and I don't want to keep doing that. So um, it's just about patience and not rushing. You mentioned that, um, that you went to
1: therapy. Um, And and that's interesting because we had a couple of guys on last week who, uh, one of them who talked about the need for therapy and that he went. At what point did you realize hey, I keep doing the same thing over and over again. I need to get a little help so that I can do
2: better in my relationships. And has it helped you? Oh, a thousand percent has helped. Um, I was in the middle of a a breakup argument and mid-argument, I said, ah, shit, I've been here before. I've Mm -hmm. been here with the same energy, the same, and I can't put this on this woman in front of me. There's something about me that is drawing this energy
3: Mm -hmm.
2: in multiple women and I got to get to the bottom of it. So even in the midst of that argument, she's packing her shit and all of that, I'm texting one of my boys who's the only dude that I knew at the time that was seeing a therapist. And I was like, you know, what's the deal? Tell me, you know, can you refer me or tell me how you found your therapist? And so it was literally in the midst of that argument that I knew that I wanted to go. And for years I had been a, a resistant to therapy. I felt like me and my closest friends we have a an accountability type of relationship where we keep each other accountable we check on each other and we keep it a buck and we you know we don't let each other slide with our own bullshit but i felt like they love me and they're even even though they keep it 100 with me they still love me and there's a a, a bit of care that they're going to have um and familiarity that they're going to have. A therapist doesn't know me. And so they're going to be able to not, in a non-biased way, call out my patterns, call out my 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 toxic traits, my this, my that. They're going to be able to fine tune me and tell me, put my bullshit on the table and get me to really face it. Mm-hmm. How long so you- that was, was that more your therapy or you actually did go to a therapist as well? No, I went to a therapist. Uh oh, okay. I still, yeah, for uh, going on three years now. Uh, she's my, she's my therapist. That's incredible.
1: Wow. Good for you. I and you. I was
2: intentional about it being a black person too. She's an older black woman from D.C. She' cool as hell, um, but she, she calls me on my shit. She doesn't allow me to get away with excuses, but she also doesn't allow me to beat myself up. because we can kind of do that as a not what's the word I'm looking for not false sense of security but like a pity party kind of thing like I'm gonna beat myself up in hopes that you're gonna uplift me and make me feel better that I seem to be uh sad about my my trauma and my no no that's not the way to handle it you know she's like Accentuate your good points, like recognize the good qualities about yourself while also Mm -hmm. healing the trauma and recognizing Mm -hmm. and healing the trauma.
1: That's powerful. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Now, I want to just briefly transition into something that's going on, it's prevalent for a lot of people like yourself in the position that you're in. Um, How do you weigh in on like the T.I., the Deshaun Jackson, the things that are happening with them where you see girls that you and I both know I lived in L.A., born and raised in California. I mean, you have a lot of the same friends where you're out and you see these women that are available, willing, waiting. Ready to do it all, and then 18 years later come back and say, Well, yeah, I, I did take drugs, but I only wanted to take one, or I did want to sleep with you, but I only wanted to do this. And how do you feel about um or how does that affect your dating and the way you interact at parties or outings when we all see what happens and then you see these people come back and 20 years later, five years later, oh my God, I've been victimized by so and so. How does that play a role in your the way you move?
2: This whole culture of of you know Me Too and all that again. I'm not saying that this, some of the stuff did not happen, right? But it's it's too it's too easy now to destroy somebody. I agree. You yeah. have a personal vendetta against them. Um, it's no different from men walking around and and telling everybody, oh yeah, she's a hoe, she's this, and she's she slept with mad dudes because you're just trying to tarnish her character and you don't want nobody else to have her. Right. It, it may not even be true, what, what happened with her, but it's so easy to just push that that send button now or to whatever, cry wolf, and get people to believe that story.
3: You no, know, the only thing I was gonna do is um, just commend you about knowing that you needed to get therapy. I think a lot of people are out trying to get into relationships and they're still broken. and. They're not realizing that. And so they're blaming everybody else but themselves or they they don't even care and want everyone else to kind of adjust to their brokenness. And so I think as a a male, as a black male, for you to just say, like, look, I was in the middle of it and I recognize that and I fixed it and I'm continuing to work on it. um, That just goes a long way. Right. And those are the things that people really need to be doing when they're wanting a relationship. You know, preparing yourself so that when that person comes around, then you know that you're giving your best, the best person that you are, the best side of you. So I
2: I think that's really, really good. traumas daily. You know, we had uh, the verdict yesterday and right after that, right down the street, a a 15 year old girl gets shot by a cop. (laughs) Just that she called. She called the cop for help and she gets killed. Right. Right. So. We don't realize that every time we get in our car, every time we drive past the police, every time, like we feel that. We ingest that trauma of maybe today, please don't pull me over. And if they do pull you over, that's even more heightened micro trauma. But at that point it's, it's macro trauma. Right. We are carrying this shit and don't realize how much it stores up. And we bring that into relationships we turn that aggression and that microaggressions from the racism and the people that, you know, when you fly first class or when you walk into a restaurant that's nice and they're looking at you like you don't belong, we carry that and we take it out on the people that's closest to us. So it's really important to get therapy for those reasons too, to understand what it is we're carrying. It's not always from, your childhood and your parents and your past dating uh, relationships and who you're currently dating. Sometimes it's the stress of the community that we carry and that that we act out on um, with our loved ones. That's
0: that's true. What's crazy is I wouldn't even look at you from your Instagram. I wouldn't have gotten none of this conversation from you. Like looking at how you do these spoofs and these damn parodies. Like you have a whole other side that I p- hope people are like able to see that there's more to you than the guy who comes up the top of the
2: stairs with a yeah, new yeah. dance You was judging me, I feel you, whatever, it's cool. You <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: right,
2: I get it. You I love the entertainment. You didn't, wanna, you didn't dig deeper into my other interviews and podcasts, whatever, it's cool. It's
0: cool. I mean, every-
2: I don't know nothing about you either. I don't know shit. <laughs>
0: Ask her some questions. Don't nope. ask me
2: nothing.
1: Don't <laughs> yeah. ask me
2: nothing. She just light skin. That's it. That's all. That's all I need to know. <laughs> and she can cook sea bass. Well, subjectively, right?
0: No, that's my mama. My mama. She gonna let you know for real. She, you know, I can cook. So don't even play with
2: that. <laughs> she really can't. Okay, Sinead. how many baby daddies you got?
0: One, and he was not a baby daddy. He was my ex husband. I married my high school sweetheart.
2: Oh, and what happened
0: with that? You played in the NFL and then got a hold of them. Life got a hold of them. So you, you know what that is.
2: Amen. Amen. <laughs>
0: right. Wouldn't have taken somebody who's so funny as someone that has a, such a serious, realistic side to them. So mm-hmm.
2: watch my stand up special.
0: Watch your stand up?
2: Yes. My stand up special is called Mirrors of Society. It's, only, it's the only one I have, uh, it's my first one. Okay um i self-produced it it's on kevin hart's network lol uh is in my bio but i talk about all of this stuff it's funny but within the middle of it the clip i sent you uh yesterday is part of it and i talk about relationships though i get really deep into the psyche of relationships and healing and traumas and all that kind of stuff um mom shy i want to hear y'all stories
1: When I had Shanae, I was 15 and a half. And and, uh, by the age of 17, I had two children. And I think what happens is you follow the patterns before you. Um, And and so my mom was a teen parent. I ended up a teen parent. And then Shanae came along. And my prayer was always, don't let them become teen parents. Don't let them get through high school. Let them have a normal life. And uh, they did get through high school without having children. So that was a step in the right direction. But yeah, Sinead was born to a 15 year old. So, um, no, I didn't I didn't get it right. I didn't know what the hell I was doing at that
2: age. You <laughs> baby raising a baby.
1: Yeah. So um, my whole focus was how do I not raise them in poverty? How do I get them out of the hood that I grew up in? And in, in that aspect, I did that. They they didn't grow up in those surroundings because, um, like you say, God God provided a way. Or put it in me to to find a way to get out of that for them. And we weren't rich, we were middle class, but my goal, all I could think of was money and how to get them out of the ghetto. And and so I did that. But yeah, there was a lot of shit that I missed raising her and her her sister that's next to her.
2: Would you even be interested in getting married again at this stage?
1: Uh, definitely. Fact, your
2: experience.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I think it's um, the most awful thing in the world to grow older alone. Mm-hmm. That having that partnership—someone, whether it's get up and let's let's go to the park or let's go catch a movie or let's go where, do whatever—knowing you have somebody there to go do that with makes all the difference in the world. It makes life better, sweeter, you know. Yes. So yeah, I look forward to it. But I want to—I I do want to make sure that I work through my shit too before I get get involved again. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, Sinead turned out all right, you know, despite everything.
2: I mean, that's relative. Um, shy. <laughs> gonna
0: relativity. You're going to keep going with the relative.
2: <laughs> what you going to do? You you do? I ain't all the way through therapy yet. <laughs> you can't attack me through Zoom. So whatever. I ain't scared. You don't know where she'll, I live. She'll,
1: she'll catch a flight now. She'll throw that Amex out. She'll be down there in a hot second. She don't know where I live. <laughs> I
3: live on, on Mars, nigga.
0: <laughs> on Mars.
3: Uh-uh.
2: Good, good luck.
0: Right. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure you'll give me your address.
2: <laughs> that's that light-skinned shit, mama. You see? That's what I'm talking about. The entitlement of her believing that I'm just going to give her my address. She feel like wait, oh, like, so cute and can cook. That I'm going to just be like, yeah, come over. <laughs> oh, He
0: just texted me right now. Uh-uh. I I'm,
2: you. You. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you right now. I'm just
3: so um I'm married. I am going I'm a newlywed. I'm going on my second year um anniversary coming up in September. And we dated for I think maybe four years before we got married, something like that.
2: Four years. So
3: that's a long time. Yeah.
2: Why four years?
3: Like looking back at it now, for me I was justifying not really wanting to get married out of fear of if it didn't work out. You know, I mean, I know I still file paperwork and do what I need to do if it comes to that. But just that extra layer. Um, So, yeah. But I'm happily married. I'm happily
0: married. So
2: That's nice to hear. I applaud that. Before I let you go, since
0: you just said that, how long do you think people should date before you transition from dating, engaged, to married? Do you have a timeline?
2: Like I said said earlier, if you were listening, um, (laughs) there's no formula. I, I don't believe in formulas. I think you should go organically based on <laughs> the energy and, and what's presented in front of you. And you'll know. you know how it's flowing.
0: So you could be married in six months and you think that that would be perfectly fine?
2: Yeah. If it's the right person, it's right. That's great. I believe no, no, no. that.
0: Thank you. How,
2: uh, how long do you think people should wait to get married, Sinead? <laughs> <Shanae? laughs> All that aggressiveness is right, too much.
0: Me in so aggressive towards me, mama. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm paying attention for you. <laughs> I think that, you know... Look,
2: I, that, you see my face? That's the face I'll be looking at you with.
0: <laughs> it the majority, is.
2: The majority of the time.
0: <laughs> Why are you so aggressive? Well, let's start with that. Why are you so aggressive toward me? Are you just aggressive in real life or is it just towards me? You don't you like
2: aggressive. life? You aggressive.
0: I'm aggressive. I am sweet. She and
2: is girl. aggressive. Oh, mom see it's kind of aggressive. you've been aggressive to me this whole time this whole week i've known you you've been aggressive
0: not this whole week
2: the whole week that i've known you you have been fully aggressive uh so we can call it right here we we are not gonna work out damn that is <laughs> last oh,
0: that? anyways back to your original question i think that I don't think that people should wait years and years and years to get married at our age. I think if you're over thirty-five and you're dating, there should be a timeline. Like you can do it quick, but you can't. I'm not about to date nobody for no five years to discover if you want to get married. Like within Mm -hmm. the first year and a half, we should know that this is going somewhere. If not, then what are we doing?
2: And just cue up jagged edge. If you date a nigga for five years and he's like, I mean, we might as well. You know, (laughs) right. (laughs) We we ain't, ain't get no younger, girl. So I mean, you know, just, <laughs> no younger.
0: And I, uh, think, I mean, so just
2: meet me. He said he said just catch an Uber and meet me at the meet me at the altar <laughs> in your white dress. <laughs> yeah, br- don't forget the white dress. Just bring the white dress. Right, important. <laughs> right. I love no that. You might as well do it.
0: I mean, I, I just don't think that there's a point in, in in waiting that long. I feel like at this point, we know, I know what I'm looking for. I know the traits and the things that I want to see in the person I plan to be with. And so if if it's there and we're on the same page and we feel like we can continue to build, even with, you know, hiccups in the road. If we feel like, oh, I could get over that. I could build from that. I could learn from that. And we're willing to compromise. Then I don't see why it would take three, four years to get married. I I agree. I agree. agree. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Afiam, for your time. You were amazing. So funny. Entertaining. And I got to learn more about you. So I hope our viewers did too. Join us next Wednesday, 7 p.m. For another episode of What She Said. Check him out on IG and, um, yeah. Some Therapy, the fun-
2: Thursday. Therapy Thursday. Therapy Thursday with Devin R. Samuels.
0: Wait, so are you going <laughs> to do that every week now?
2: Yeah, I'm going to do it every week until, you know, I feel that it's time to not do it. Oh, Shanae, yeah.
0: call
1: in again.
2: Sinead, you got to call in again
1: and ask us some questions.
0: <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. He he grilled me. People, he talked about my floors being dirty. He, about <laughs> yeah. he was hitting me up like, damn, he did you wrong. I'm like, nah, I got it. I get it. What are you bringing? To what are you licking on? Right. <laughs> Want to eat your booty like some dessert? I got it. I, 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 I'm going to keep me in my yeah. clothes. <laughs> On this yeah, time. call in again. Call in again.
1: <laughs> anyway, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Pleasure meeting you, yeah. uh, Mama Ronda and, and Shy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
1: <laughs>
2: Bye. <laughs>